Hey guys, what's up? It's Greg with Cinematics. I have three movie options for you this weekend if you're not going to see Black Adam starring Dwayne Johnson at your local Cineplex or theater or you're not going to go out. There's also another movie option that you have if you're not going to see that movie or any of the other aforementioned films. There's three films, okay? And hopefully these interviews that I have or I conducted will help you bolster your decision whether or not to see these movies. Two of these movies are currently streaming on Hulu. They are Matriarch and Grim Cuddy. And the third one is a, a title that for some reason I continue to forget. It's called Dangerous Game, The Legacy Murders. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to talk about all three movies as the intro, and then you're going to dive right into the interviews, these three interviews. And I, I have a time code, and you can actually check where to check them out on this specific cinematics episode. Okay, installment. The first one is called Matriarch, and it's streaming on Hulu. And here's a plot line. Afflicted with a mysterious disease after surviving an overdose, a woman returns to her childhood home to confront her personal demons, but instead discovers a real one. Now, that real one is played by Kate Dickey. You might know Kate Dickey from The Witch. And I believe she was in another movie about a year, a year and a half ago that I really, I liked. But she was the, Kate Dickey was the best part of it. Kate Dickey's awesome in The Witch. And she's really awesome in Matriarch as well. And... The woman who returns home to visit her mother and after the overdose, her name is Jemima Ruper, and she's also quite awesome in this movie. A lot of the, a lot of this film deals with the mother-daughter dynamic, and they are pretty much at each other's throats throughout this entire film. It's directed by Ben Steiner. It's a low-budget horror thriller, and as I referenced at the beginning of the interview, this movie just completely got me nervous throughout the entire narrative, okay? So... If you want to be scared out of your gourd or just uncomfortable for its running time, it runs for 85 minutes, only 85 minutes, but you'll, it'll, it'll feel like a longer time. And that's not a knock on it. It'll feel like, like a longer time because maybe your anxiety for the film will go through the roof. One, one thing, there is a very memorable moment that you might not be able to shake from your brain. And hopefully that's a good thing. I, I enjoyed it and I referenced that specific scene in the seven minute interview. Now, unfortunately, the interview was only seven minutes because there was some Wi-Fi connectivity issues, maybe on my part, I'm assuming on my part. So the interview ends at seven minutes, but you have Kate Dickey and Jemima Ruper and the director, Ben Steiner, talking about the really amazing scene. Obviously, it'll be out of context until you see this movie. Okay. But again, Kate Dickey is fantastic. Rupert is great. And I really enjoyed Matriarch. The second round of interviews is a movie called Grim Cuddy. And this is an, a, also a really interesting film because it centers on this urban legend who attacks teenage, teenagers in their respective homes or domiciles, or maybe even in school here. Quote, a suburban teen girl and her little brother must stop a terrifying internet meme brought to life by the hysteria of their parents. So this is a movie that is, it doesn't have the running time here. It feels like an 85, 80, 85 to 90 minute movie as well. And I really enjoyed this one as well. It's not as, did not get me as nervous and anxiety ridden as Matriarchs. For some of you, that might be better because it's a lighter film a little bit, but that's not saying too much because this has a lot of scary moments as well. Okay, so I interviewed director John Ross for this, Sarah Wolfkind, she is the lead, and Usman Ali 
He is the father of Sarah Wolfkind's character in Grim Cuddy. Currently on IMDb, it has a 4.4 out of 10 rating. I liked it more than the rating it received on IMDb. So that came out earlier this month on October 10th. So I'm sure some of you might have seen Grim Cuddy already. Would love to hear your thoughts on this film. And as for the aforementioned Matriarch, it just debuted today, October 21st on Hulu. Both these movies you can watch on the Hulu streaming service. Props to them for allowing the cinematics and my deepest dream site into their big Huluween press day. Hopefully, I'll be getting more interviews down the road with the lovely folks at Hulu. I love the content as well. I see right now there's a movie, Antlers. I still haven't seen Antlers. It's streaming. I, I think this is one of the movies I need to see this weekend. All right. Now, the third movie is, wow, Dangerous Game, The Legacy Murders. And it's this one's really cool for me because as soon as I saw the names John Voight and Sean McNamara, that they were available for interviews. I was all about it because I'm a fan of the films of Sean McNamara as well as John Voight and who isn't. And yeah, this one is a, a really interesting movie. It centers on a, it's not a matriarch, this time it's a patriarch. Patriarch played by John Voight. He's a very rich man and he sends, he invites his family members to visit him in the lovely mansion out in the middle of sort of a forest area, foresty area, beautiful area. He is a ultra rich human being. And what happens is it's not a lovely family reunion, but instead it is something else. It's something more dastardly and deadly. It's a remote mansion and things get to make here. I'm looking at IMDb. It really does take a lethal turn because he has him participate in a game that is not so fun. It's a fun that it's a game that was very fatalistic. People may die in this game, and it's interesting because the people who make who might die, who might live or breathe their last breaths, are the family members of the matriarch. The matriarch is Ellison Betts, played by John Voight. Movie also stars Jonathan Rhys Myers, Will Sasso, Megan Charpentier, or Charpentier. I don't know how to pronounce it. She's very good in this movie, by the way. Kaya Coleman, really interesting film. Currently in select theaters, and you can purchase again Dangerous Game: The Legacy Murders on digital. I really enjoyed this movie on IMDb. It received 5.6 out of 10. Eventually, I'm going to get back to Rotten Tomatoes, probably in the next installment, because they rejected me as a critic. I can't believe they, they did not do their due diligence. They should have seen all of the stuff me, me and Anderson and Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes does for reviewing movies. But anyways, yeah, 5.6 out of 10 for IMDb. I would have given it a higher rating. I rated it, uh, rated this movie 4 out of 5 stars on the Find Your Film podcast. And listen to that, our pot, our Find Your Film podcast feed for the reviews of that film. Our, my buddy, Eric, our, my co-host and buddy, Eric Holmes, liked it. He thought it was a little bit nonsensical, did not like the writing, but he, he was entertained. Our buddy and fellow co-host, Bruce Perky, was not so entertained with Dangerous Game, The Legacy Murders. Okay, so again, that is Matriarch number one, that is Grim Cuddy number two, and number three is Dangerous Game, The Legacy Murders. Time codes will be featured in this episode. Last thing is for this week, I'm going to actually physically see Anderson. I'm going to drive out to his Cold Cocker Productions and we're going to do a Patreon episode. And it is the year, I believe, 1955. I'm covering my vote is The Man with the Golden Arm, directed by Otto Preminger and starring Frank Sinatra and I believe Kim Novak. And his choice was Is Marty. And it's directed by Martin Ritt, if I recall, and I don't have the, I'm not looking it up. I don't want to. It's, it's directed by Martin Ritt and I believe penned by Patty Chayefsky. Patty Chayefsky, you might, you guys might know from his work in 
that seminal film Network, directed by Sidney Lumet. I'm mad as hell, and I can't. Wait, was something I'm mad as hell, and I can't take it anymore. Who said that? The Finch guy. Anyways, Marty, I've been meaning to see that for since I was a teenager. And so it's been 40 years since I've ever, I've heard of Marty and it's taken me 40 years to actually watch it. I'll be seeing Marty and the man with the golden arm this weekend. I actually went to my local library to purchase a, not to purchase, to borrow a book on Otto Preminger, the director of the man with the golden arm. So Patreon members will get some extra research on my end. Finally, I'm doing some extra research, research for Patreon for the man with the golden arm. Okay. So that stuff will be exclusive on our Patreon feed. That is it. Thank you guys for listening to me and Anderson and our buddies, Eric Holmes and, and Bruce Perk here on Cinematics. Hit us up. Hit Anderson up. The emails are there on the show descriptions. Anderson at AndersonCowan.com. You can reach me at editor at DeepestDream.com. And yes, tell Anderson, tell me what you think of any of these three movies or all three of these movies. Hopefully one of these will ring your bell and it will be time well watched and served by you. All right, guys, take care. Thanks again for the support. Bye. Hey, guys, what's up? I'm Greg, Greg Trisavosti with Deepest Dream. Really love the film. Thank you very much. Ah, thank Hi, you. you. You know, hello. I'm trying. Yeah, hello. I'm trying to actually in my I'm 51. I'm trying to be more Zen. I'm watching Matriarch from the first minute. It is a fever pitch. And I'm nervous and anxious and scared all the way through. That is a compliment. How, how are you guys able to manage that level of stress throughout the entire narrative without without a breath? So because we were really stressed. <laughs> I caused a lot of stress. I got COVID about a week into the shoot, into the four week shoot, and shut down filming for two weeks. So that was stressful. <laughs> And my son got COVID on the uh, my son got COVID on the on the first day of the shoot, and I had to uh, isolate oh, for the first that's week. That's right. Um, do you remember I had to isolate for the first week? Uh, yeah, of my, of my first feature film, and I literally had to direct via walkie-talkie from inside my car. Um, walkie, do you remember walkie-talking to yeah. the director, who would then communicate my directions to the cast? It's incredible. But um, yeah. Uh, uh, and that was the least of it. But um, the, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you, you, know, you just kind of shoot, you shoot the stuff, and then uh, I mean, it is that that cliche, which is it's it's you know a, a very um, accurate one about you know you make a film three times, you write it, uh, write it, shoot it, and edit it. And it is you know you just get all you get all the stuff, you shoot the stuff, and then whether it is actually uh, you know going to be creepy or or you know tension uh, inducing or whatever, kind of you you discover it, and in some cases you make it. Um, in the in the edit, so yeah. No, I guess in, in the best case scenario, a, a film a production should be a nurturing, collaborative environment. And for for you two, did you, did it get both both of you a really good excuse to just really, as much as both of you, I'm sure, love each other as collaborators, you get to pretty, pretty much scream at each other throughout most of the story. Which what was it like to go go up against each other? I thought that was so fun. Oh God, oh. I think I found it hard not to laugh. There was there's a few, and it was actually it was always one of the most tense moments, wasn't it? Which is well, you know, yeah, kind yeah, of weird hysteria that you <laughs> you, you, you get. <laughs> um, I think, but you know, Kate and I really genuinely cared about each other, and we really got on, and we were able to have a laugh, which is important, so you're not letting it kind of get to you too much because it's the kind of stuff that can get to you, and. Um, well, yeah, we could either giggle it off 
or give each other a hug yeah. at the end of it. And, that, and that's the thing. I think when you're on a, like, especially independent filmmaking, you're filming on a, you know, a restricted budget, restricted time, you know, it's really important that you have a fantastic team feeling and that your you know your actors are are bonded and feel really safe and then you can push the extremes because you feel so safe with people and as Jemima said we had some really like terrible giggles in between scenes because I'm you know some of our behavior is so strange in the movie that it it was nice to kind of laugh it off together in between scenes or or as Jemima says give each other a hug so it was lovely Speaking of love, lovely Ben, I mean, you have two great actors working with you and collaborating with you, but just on the day, what's it like seeing, I'm not going to mention the scene, there is a standout sequence involving Kate and a, a bunch of people in, in a location. <laughs> what was that day like? Because there are few actors, I believe, who can actually get to that place and make it real. Uh, oh, wow. oh my God, how long have you got? I mean, that whole, that, uh, yeah, that day was... was um, uh, uh, yeah, really, really something. Um, I don't you know. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I wish I could give you, uh, I don't know, a, a kind of a, a sort of deep, um, kind of like re- revealing, kind of interesting answer. But the, but the sort of really all, all I can kind of think of is to say is that working with with you know uh, both of them, but in this case, you're asking about that scene with Kate, was just a joy. And I mean, there were difficult, you know, there were as you know, there there were things going on, but the just working with these guys was yeah um uh, yeah and and, really, and i think it's and, and it was collaborative and i didn't have to sorry okay but i was just gonna say like, i didn't no no you're um, fine I didn't, I didn't have to do like or feel like i did like any real like sort of you know i mean obviously i, I directed but in obviously in a, in a kind of conversational way but i wasn't like cajoling i didn't i don't feel like i sort of got anyone to a place do you know what i mean i just kind of said well this this is this is you know just talk to them about the scene and then, then they just went off and were brilliant do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I sort of had to like get them, get them to a place. They just got themselves to that place because they're very good at what they do. But Kate, and again, it's about. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, you no, go, Jemima. I was going to compliment you. <laughs> oh no, you're not allowed. I'll go then. No, Kate Dickey is is fierce. She is fire. She is so brave oh. and correct. Like she's just such a kind of badass actor. Um. You know, because what she has to do in that scene, like I definitely couldn't do. Like she. Oh yeah. well, I was going to say actually, it's like we had the most amazing um, group of s like supporting artists who really committed. And if you've got you know a room full of very committed essays then you're damn right, I'm going to commit myself as much yeah. as possible as well. And then we all raise the bar. And another thing, a wonderful thing this film had was an intimacy coordinator, Abby. She was amazing. And so everything was coordinated safe. It was so well thought out and so well organized and there were safety breaks there were safety spaces there was safety words you know it was a really collaborative committed day where we all got together at the beginning and went let's the quickest way to do this is to really go for it and be yeah. really safe mm-hmm. and support and so it was it was fun as well and we all had a bit of a giggle again just keeping it light for everyone is really important you know yeah and also because I suppose they I suppose actually well, you guys tell me that because tonally 
the film is, I, I hope anyway, kind of treading quite a bit of a line and kind of veering, you know, from kind of, you know, obviously there's this really kind of intense, raw kind of emotional stuff between you guys, but then it's quite, I mean, it's, you know, deliberately kind of silly almost. Yeah. You know, not even almost, like it is kind of silly. First off, and I apologize for this dad joke, in my case, Funkle joke. Sarah, when when are you going to start your own ASMR YouTube channel? Oh you, you were effective in it, in my opinion. So. Oh my gosh, um, I don't probably never. <laughs> I just feel like I don't have that like soothing voice skill, and I like the butterfly thing. That's my thing. Um, or maybe I'll like just tap on things, but yeah. I'm really the other people who are that's their thing. <laughs> Can you guys speak to the fact, I, I really, really enjoy this film. I love the fact that ultimately it's a resonant and, and really even-handed look at the importance of communication with the people that you love. Can you guys speak to that, one of the themes of this? And it's also an awesome genre or thriller too, So, but but I love that that really undercurrent of humanity to it. So. I mean, I'll just say that as a father myself, and I have uh, two kids who are very, very young at the moment, much younger, uh, but I... Um, I think my perspective on on the role would have been different if I wasn't a father already. Um, I just feel like that's sort of believing your children and understanding them and that fine line between uh, taking what they're saying as the truth versus wanting to look out for their best interests. It's a tough thing to straddle sometimes, like how to deal with that. And I just think that the film does a really good job of showing that when you are not listening uh, intently and clearly to your to your children um, that you're missing out on things and you're missing out on learning who they are. And I think that's what my character is guilty of is he's not actually paying attention to who this person is. Um, and I just think that uh, the film really plots out that importance very well at the same time being a scary horror movie, you know? Yeah. John, just creating this, was it yeah. always going to be a really real kind of story for you that hits you right between, you know, the heart and the eyes and the head and all that stuff. So. Well, I mean, uh, just following up on that, I mean, if, I mean, mostly I, I just want people to have fun watching this. I mean, I hope, uh, you know, I want them to make some microwave popcorn, have fun for 90 minutes and feel like they got their October movie fix. Uh, that's number one. But beyond that, I hope that it just gets people thinking about their online activities and how it affects them. And if, if people do watch it with their families, I really hope they can like release some tension together and feel more connected. Kind of like, kind of like Asha's family at the end of the film. Uh, I mean, if my movie gets just one family to do that, then that that's, that's enough for me to be happy. Um, I was kind of following up on the previous question, but what was the sec- What was the new question? Oh, just, you know, just creating that, that world that you answered it. Um, fine. Everything okay. It's cool. Yeah. But uh, for you, for you, Sarah, you, you, your parents are really wonderful actors. So what was it like learning from them? Number one, but then just, you know, John was talking about being connected to the material. What was it like connecting to something where you're pretty much the lead in the film? What's it's, a, it's, a, it's pressure, but it's also just creative gratification. What's, What's what was what was it like handing all those emotions and feelings throughout the experience? It was a lot. I remember there were some days on set when I I went to Shannon. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, and it's like this, like it's like a hundred degrees, and I can't think. Um, but like, yeah, I just I really just watched Shannon and Usman and um, even Alona on set, and I really observed them, and I think I learned a lot from them. And I think as the experience went on and 
I kind of like grew into the character. It's like near the end, I was like totally comfortable with it. But at the beginning, it was kind of shaky. Um, but yeah, it was, I think it was just like a whole learning experience. And I've, I've been on sets before. This is the first like big one that I've been on. Um, I think it was a lot of trial and error mainly. Um, but I think I made it work. <laughs> I don't know. You did a great job. A final question is just, you know, in celebration of Halloween and Huluween, can each of you name one of your all-time favorite scary or terrifying films? And what is it about this film that resonates with you on, on that entertainment level? So, uh, For me, it would be The Ring. I think I watched that. I, was, I, was, I wasn't a child or anything, but, but I was I was terrified when I saw it. And it, it put me off horror movies for a while. I was like, I don't know if I could watch another horror movie for a while. It was that scary to me. Um, and then the second part, what resonates about this film? Is that what you said? Oh, no. Yeah, you answered the question. Yeah, what resonated about The Ring? And you, yeah, you're cool. Cool. And um, John, for you? Uh, I don't know. I guess it depends on what kind of horror fix I'm after. Like, if I want to be, like, deeply disturbed, you know, something like The Shining always does it. And But if I just want, like, fun horror, I always put in Evil Dead 2. That's kind of the, the go-to staple for me. Um but yeah, there's so many. <laughs> and lastly, for you, Sarah, what's that? I think I'm more into like body horror. So I love a movie like Titan, um, where kind of like it's like psychological and it's like it has like that deep, like gut wrenching feeling at the end. Um, I like movies that aren't like scary for the sake of being scary, but I, those are also super fun. So yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you guys so much for your time. By the way, Sarah, great, great choice. I love that film so much, but uh, love this film so much too. So thank you guys again. Hello. You know, before we start, John, I just want to tell you that my mom met you at an air, um, airline flight and she said you were so nice to everyone on board. And so just praise to you on that. So she just wanted to say that. Nice. Well, give her, give, give her my best. Yeah. Yeah. What's you your know, mom's name? Um, Ligaya. Ligaya. So, Ligaia. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah Ligaya. You've done very well with this wonderful son. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've interviewed you both uh, before, but John, years ago, I asked you, what was it like, your collaboration working with Hal Ashby? And you gave a really, um, really passionate response. And you've worked over the last several years a lot with Sean McNamara, and he's he's a favorite director of mine. What do you see in him as far as a craftsman and a storyteller that, that keeps you coming back to work with him again and again? Yeah, well, we've become friends over the time we've worked together. And uh, he, he he's uh, just a... He's many things. He's a tremendous energy. Uh, he's a loving energy, very positive energy. He keeps everything on, on the up. And, and when you're doing a film, you have one difficulty after another. It's just, you know, every, there, are, uh, there are places where you, you say, well, this is, we're falling apart here. Never in a Sean McNamara film do you ever feel that <clears throat> because you always feel <clears throat> that he can, he can solve anything, and he keeps you all smiling. Now, that energy is very key, but also he's tremendously intelligent, got a great imagination, and he's he's the right per- person uh, to be in command of the ship. So I've I've really had a uh, you know a great time working with with Sean. And then when it came to this piece, I didn't want to do it initially. I was a little scared of it. I mean, this is a scary movie that I was scared of. And I said, I, I don't know if I can do this. So these, so my producing partner, Stevens, put me together with Sean. He said, well, talk to Sean about it. And Sean, 
just the way Sean embraced this piece. And he puts it in a very personal, lovely way, you see, as I knew he would. But also, he was so delighted to do this scary, disturbing stuff. And, and he showed me, so, I don't know, for, I was talking to him for five minutes. I said, I'm in. I'll do it. Because he was so convincing. Uh, insanity is contagious. You know, that's what it is. But anyway, let's ask him about it. Let's ask him. Well, Sean, you know what's not contagious? It is uncompromising movies. And I have a feeling with Dangerous Game, The Legacy Murders, can you just talk about the uncompromising nature of the narrative? And was that one of the draws for you as far as getting behind the camera and directing this? Well, definitely it's uncompromising. I I love, uh, you know, I do a lot of family films, as you know, and they're quite traditional. And so when I read this one, I was like really shocked that anybody would even show it to me. But I was like, this is really good. And we've all been in that situation where we're, you know, with family members that we don't want to be with, but we do it out of respect. And so, um, you know, and sometimes there's words said to each other, but it never gets intense. Well, I wanted to say, let's just put this on steroids and make it much more intense. And then you get to work with John and John, the patriarch of the family and a genius actor at the same time is, is leading this entire cast of really great actors, but that's infectious when you're trying to just do great work together. And, and we all sat around like at the table read and, and discovered great little story points and, and, and they watch John and, and they all grow and make the film better. So it's like coming at us from all different sides, the level of talent that just pours out onto the screen. And, um, you know, and then, you know, to get somebody like Will Sasso, who's just a comedy guy, you wouldn't expect that in a horror film, but it was great to break the tension. And, um, and then, uh, John and Jonathan Reese Myers just go at it. I mean, it's like father son relationships that there is like tension going on that's just extraordinary. And those guys, like when you were watching it on the set, it was so real and so good. And they're just, and, and it feels like it's real. And then, you know, you'd say cut and then they'd be just laughing and joking around. And I go, this is just two titans of talent just giving it all they've got. And and it was just fun to sit back and watch it out all happen. Yeah, I mean, this this would take forever to answer. And I apologize, John. But how do you make it real? Because whether it's a deception sequence in Mission Impossible, the final moments of, you know, a runaway train or something like this, or especially this movie, when you're going back and forth with family members, how do you keep it real and not... Uh, it doesn't feel like you're acting. It feels like you're in the moment. Well, that's, that makes me feel very good because that's, of course, the point of it all yeah. is to make it real, right? And, uh, and part of it is real. You know, you, you're, you're re- really listening and you're really addressing people and, you're, you know, you're, you're really uh, communicating with the other performers. Uh, but anyway, everything in the – there are many books written about acting and I've read a bunch of them. And they're, they're all give, they all give you something. But finally, it's just a, you, you, you do enough work so that when you come on the set, you are just that person or, you know, you're responding as that person and, uh, and you're just listening and talking. So it's, it's, uh, it, there's a technique to it and it's, you know, hard earned. And, uh, uh, but when, it, when you get there and the, this, uh, this simple reality takes place, it's very exciting. And, uh, and working with each of the people gives you uh, gives you a performance. You have to really listen. You're really watching and listening to the other performers all the time. Uh, and the very best actors really do listen very well. 
They're not coming to give a line reading or this or that. We're really listening. So there's a real communication, and that's what makes it real, I think. Sean, you feel like a filmmaker that who never I, – I th- I'm saying this in a, as a compliment that, – that you don't seem to just wait and pat yourself on the back and wait a couple of years until your next project. You're just always on the go. And where does that work ethic and come from? Because when you look at your resume, you have one of the most diverse um, careers as a filmmaker out there. Okay. I love to direct. It's It's uh... – almost scary that I love going to the set and, and having that process and every part of it, when we're in preparation, finding locations and casting, and then, you know, rehearsing with the actors. And John is somebody who likes to rehearse. So that process where you're, you don't have the pressure of the film yet, but you're inventing stuff. It is just fun. And then when you do get to the set and you have the most talented craftsmen around you and you have these actors come together and you're trying to make these little bits of the story as wonderful and exciting as you've ever done before. And then it's really hard work and it's pressure for, you know, a few months. And then then you get into post-production and I get to lay on a couch and watch it all cut together. And so that process, I just love going Every every time I, I get so excited, I, I would do this for free. I don't like to tell that to very many people, but I love the passion of getting to work with really talented people and getting to do it again and again. So I just don't like to stop. So knock on wood, I've been fortunate. So I just want to keep going. Uh, my final question to both of you, and I apologize for putting you both on the on the spot very quickly. You know, can well, each I can't of- wait for this question now. <laughs> okay, you put okay. us on the spot. Oh my okay. god! Just from both of your resumes, can you pick a movie that you feel that you want our listeners and viewers to watch that you feel is maybe underrated as far as your body of work goes, and you have a personal uh, connection to it? So, okay, you want me to take it, and you, you wrap it up? Okay. okay. I- I'll say, you know, uh, that's a nice question, by the way, because it gives people an insight into the the person in another way. Uh, There's a movie that I did was called John Paul II. It's a television movie. I received an Emmy nomination for the work. And very few few people in the Emmy group saw it. Or uh, when we were at the Emmy show, they didn't know what, 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 what was this, you know? Where did it come from? Uh, because it, it's not a movie that would be popular in the uh, in the Hollywood, you know, group. But uh, it's a movie that I think has a uh, is very well, very well, very beautifully done, and has a lot to say. And uh, and I like my performance very much in that movie. It's John Paul II is about the Pope, the the Pope John Paul II, who's been made a saint. But uh, anyway, it's, it's interesting and. I play the the Pope from the time he becomes Pope. And Carrie Elwes, very nice actor and friend, played the the, the younger Pope. Great. You, you Sean? Yeah. That, that was a great movie. And I feel fortunate because I got to bring my mom to an audience with the Pope in at the Vatican once. And uh, it was John Paul II was walking down and I got a picture of my mom and, and the Pope in the same shot. So I, I can see that's... What an extraordinary thing to just to be around. Um, one of my films, I don't know. I uh, I like spare parts a lot, and I don't think a lot of people saw that. But it was anything that inspires people to do something. And and life is hard, and 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 we uh, the the key is to get knocked down but get back up again. And and that's one of those movies where I feel um, the characters had some strong opposition to what they wanted to do, but they somehow got up every day and it gives us that feeling of we can do anything if we, um, 
if we just keep at it and keep trying. Showing up is 90% of it, I got to say. If you can just keep at it, you will eventually get better at you want to do. You'll get your shot, but just never give up. Thank well you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thank you guys for your time. Really love the film. Oh, great. God bless. God bless. Okay.